Hey, Time Travelers, it's another episode of the Comic Book Time Machine, and it's another Daniel episode of the Comic Book Time Machine. And you know what that means? That means it's another episode where Daniel hasn't learned how to use GarageBand to edit together an episode, so he has to give it to me so that I can say, I don't know, be double bitter since I didn't do any kind of snark on his last episode, and I didn't even get a thank you for that. And I'm not getting a thank you for this. <sighs> but here I am. And I'm here to say this. The Comic Book Time Machine, episode 76, Justice League 141, No World Escapes the Manhunters. Greetings, time travelers. It's time traveler Daniel here, and I'm here to talk about one of my favorite superheroes of all time, Mark Shaw the Manhunter. Now today we're not going to explore a Manhunter title. Instead, we're going to go back before John Ostrander and, and Kimmy all even wrote Manhunter. Instead, we're going to go back to what is the third appearance of Mark Shaw the Manhunter, found in Justice League of America 141. Justice League of America, 141, an all-new double-length novel. Now, they say double-length novel. It's really 48 pages for the entire issue, and there's only 33 pages of story. And it does feel like there's a lot of extra ads and, and not necessarily a ton of extra story. I guess it's probably at least 8 to 10 pages more than you would find today. And hey, for 50 cents, when you go back in time... To January 6, 1977. To pick up this April 1977 title. Well, okay. You might still feel a little bit like you're missing out. So, let's talk about the writer. Writer Steve Englehart. Pencils by Dick Dillon. Inks by Frank McLaughlin. And we've got a cover that's got by, by Richard, Rich F. Buckler. With inks by Frank Springer. And, and that Buckler name, I believe... We are talking about the Deathlock uh, creator right there. So, so our rundown here, let's just remind ourselves of our scorecard. The Justice League of America that will appear within this issue is the following. Superman, Batman, Flash, Wonder Woman, Black Canary, Green Arrow, and Green Lantern. Now, as we'll find out throughout the issue, there are three other members of the Justice League who have disappeared and haven't been challenging the Manhunters in this two-issue arc. Those two are, three are Aquaman, the Elongated Man, and the Atom. They have just seem to have disappeared. And since I'm not reading the other Justice League of America uh, issues around this, I have no idea where they're at. <laughs> I don't know what happened before our, our happy little band ran into the Manhunters. And as a quick recap from when we discussed Justice League of America... 140, um, what happened at the end of that issue is that the Manhunter cult has in fact, oh, framed the Green Lantern Corps into making the universe think that they are in fact bad, bad people by having Hal Jordan destroy a planet. Except we discovered in the last issue that it was in fact an illusion. 
the planet that Hal thought he'd destroyed is, in fact, still very much there. And now Hal knows that he, in fact, did not destroy an entire world. So, our story opens as it continues from our last issue. In the Himalayan mountains, three Justice Leaguers, Green Arrow, Green Lantern, and Black Canary are currently running away from Mark Shaw. And Shaw seems a little bit different now. In, in the last issue, he was definitely a little whiny at times. Now he seems to be focused. And the Justice League has a very interesting conversation about both the Manhunter and Mark Shaw. They notice, well, they observe, they believe that, in fact, the reason that Mark Shaw has been able to be so effective against them is the baton and the outfit, that it's the tools of the Manhunter, not the man himself, that has, in fact, allowed them to be beaten. Now, they also notice that Shaw seemed to have a change of personality, that when he put on the mask, he was no longer um, the whiner, the Luke Skywalker, who just wants to go to Tashi Station. But, in fact, Mark Shaw became focused and is now seemed more on target and more formidable. And so they are definitely worried about this manhunter who's been chasing them. And he's right on their tail. And they have a, a nice little fighty-fighty in the Himalayan mountains. And during this fight, Black Canary attempts to take off Mark Shaw's mask, which he finds offensive. In fact, he declares that they will never be able to remove his mask, that it is, in fact, almost a sin to remove the mask of a manhunter and that he they would only ever be able to do it if they so it allowed it and so along with the costume it's clear now that the mask is also a sacred item and the mask becomes an issue because green arrow admits that he knows something about masks that he knows something about green uh, his own green arrow costume and that a mask is a liability it is the only visibility that he that mark shaw has to see so green arrow does find a way to block the mask block the eyes so that he can't see and then they work together to take down the manhunter meanwhile out on the moon flash and wonder woman arrive near earth and some CW angst goes down about feelings and girls and, you know, all that stuff that, well, to be honest, I really wasn't paying much attention to. But while they're there, they do get trapped in a unbreakable sphere by the Grand Master, which leads to questions about whether or not these two members of the Justice League are going to be able to find a way to escape from yet another unbreakable sphere because apparently the grandmaster just really likes using unbreakable spheres then out in the procyon uh, system batman and superman try to find out what happened to the missing planet where did it go and the guardian of oa who's with them is very interested too now he's so interested that he tells him tells our heroes the world's finest a story which is that the Guardians of Oa, the, the group that leads the Green Lanterns, in fact created the Manhunters. The reason they did is because one of their group brought evil into the universe. And they needed a way to check it. So the way they did it is they created androids. Androids to bring justice. Justice to the galaxy. 
And after they defeated their initial guardian evil, they did send out their manhunters through other parts of space in order to bring bring in the Wild West, to rein it in, armed with a small green battery and a gun, a stun gun. But over time, well, these manhunters began to become conscious and, and, and they realized that the real source of their power uh, and the Guardian's power was, in fact, at Oa and was the power ba- – the, the, basically the Green Lantern battery. And so they staged a revolt. In staging a revolt, uh, they attacked Oa. They were eventually defeated by the Guardians. And the Guardians didn't destroy their creations, the androids that were the Manhunters. Instead, they put them into exile, sent them back to the worlds that they were there to bring peace to, making them live amongst the people. In time, the Guardians attempted again to bring new peacemakers to the galaxy with the creation of the early Green Lanterns. Of course, the Manhunters may be in exile, but they still resented the Guardians, the power that the Guardians once had over them, and the fact that they've been exiled. Hence, our elaborate plan. Now, they made an entire planet disappear. That's how they're going to show up the Guardians in the Green Lantern Corps. When they made that entire planet disappear, the one they chose, Ornita, was in fact, dun dun dun, Manhunter Central. It was their world. So not only did they make themselves the, the group that could come in and bring peace after the Green Lanterns have been discredited, but they've also made themselves a victim, making them even more sympathetic to anyone who might want them to come and bring peace. Meanwhile, back on the moon, the Flash and Wonder Woman attempt to escape yet again from these unbreakable spheres. And then back on Earth in the Himalayans, the Grandmaster returns and brings back to consciousness Mark Shaw. But he's not alone. He has with him Mark Shaw's predecessor, Manhunter Prime. Because if Mark Shaw can't get the job done, he knows the man who can. An old, experienced Manhunter. Manhunter Prime. And so... Two Manhunters team up together. Back in space, we're introduced to a new Manhunter. We've met the Grandmaster, but now we meet the High Master. And Tozod, the one who revealed to us the Manhunter plot, is now speaking to the Grandmaster. The two of them are concerned because Batman and Superman are getting ready to attack. But the High Master has a plan. He, in fact, has been working years on something called Project Kappa. We get a little nervous. We wonder what this can be. It does start with a K. And when it reaches the page, we discover a manhunter in armor made of kryptonite. Batman wants to help. But Batman has a mission bigger than keeping Superman alive. So he flees his partner, his companion, his friend in the midst of a massive beatdown. Because he must fulfill his mission. And Superman totally understands. Meanwhile, back on Earth, the two Manhunter, uh, Green Lantern, Green Arrow, and Black Canary find Mark Shaw one Manhunter. And they commence into a fight. And when not looking, a second Manhunter enters the frame. So, two Manhunters against three Justice League members. It's no match. The Justice League is going down for justice. Meanwhile, back in space, Project Kappa is leading to the defeat of Superman. 
Batman gets himself into a key location. Manhunters chase him all over, and he declares that he's there to fight. Fight for the power to rule the universe. And to keep the Manhunters from finding it. He cannot let these people take over the position that the Green Lanterns have taken. As peace and justice. And so he fights. He fights for us all. As only Batman can. An unpowered hero. Against a legion of Manhunters. Or, or at least like five. So five. Five seems like a legion. I mean, just saying. Batman is Batman. So Batman wins. The High Master calls the Grand Master. High Master informs the Grand Master that all is lost. That they have in fact been defeated. Their illusion is now revealed. The Green Lanterns frame up. Everyone knows about it because the planet now exists again. The heroes have won the day. These simple heroes from the planet Earth have defeated the Manhunters who have waited generations and generations for their revenge. But don't worry, Manhunter fans, because the Grand Master still has the Justice League of America, Green Lantern, Green Arrow, and Black Canary in his custody. Except for one thing, when the Grand Master asks for Manhunter to kill them, it is revealed to be an elaborate illusion that, in fact, one Manhunter is the Flash, the other Manhunter is Green Lantern, and the prisoners are Mark Shaw and Manhunter Prime. Question mark. Who is Manhunter Prime? Good question. I'm just saying. Which leads to a, a fight. And in the fight, Mark Shaw declares his freedom from the Manhunters. He's seen it all now. He's heard the talking. He now understands that he was, in fact, duped. Duped just like everyone else. Because he's a man who loves justice. But instead, he's been used as a pawn by the Manhunters in their war against the Guardians of the Galaxy. And he, for one, has no longer got a part of that. A struggle commences. A fight. Mark Shaw grabs the baton of the Grand Master. There's an explosion. And the Grand Master goes boom. Yeah, the Grand Master blows up. Now the Guardian explains that in fact, they were androids. We already knew that. But over time, over the generations, over the million of years that the Manhunters have waited and plotted their revenge, they have degraded their once blue skin has turned white. And that's why the Manhunter masks are in fact blue. As a memory of what they once appeared to be and once looked like. Since their skin is no longer blue. It has faded over time. Their honor has degraded to where it no longer exists. And their internal mechanisms have become brutal, brittle. So the Grand Master could not handle the fight. When he was faced with an explosion, he in fact exploded and was destroyed. All is now safe, or is it? Because Batman, now on the scene, still has concern, which is Mark Shaw. He tells Shaw that he needs to leave and return back to the district's attorney's office to fight for justice. Because the thing is, is even though he's only killed an android... In the Grandmaster. He was still going for it. He was still going for the kill. 
when he thought the Grand Master was a person. <sighs> but Shaw will have none of this. Shaw wants to be a symbol for justice. And so he tells Batman he has his mask, he has his training, and he has his sense of justice. And so he wants to make the Manhunter something positive. He wants to make the Manhunters what they promised to be, justice. So he will not go quietly into the night, sir. He will not go, Batman. No, he will become justice with the promise of future appearances and other issues of Justice League of America. And so Mark Shaw goes off into the figurative sunset as the Justice League worries about where their missing team members are. And we are left with the hope, the hope of seeing more Mark Shaw at a future date. So, some thoughts. As this story ends, we really are given a promise that maybe we'll get to see more Mark Shaw. And the good news is, is we do know we will get to see more Mark Shaw. Ironically enough, it's going to come really, really soon in Justice League. Unlike the past where we were given promises by, by Kirby that he was going to be facing, you know, his greatest nemesis ever and then never actually seeing it. Um, here, in an additional three issue, two issues... In Justice League 143, he will be back. Mark Shaw will return. And I'm interested to find out, you know, when he returns, he clearly wants to be a hero. He clearly wants to be a sign of justice. But will he be accepted? I mean, the Justice League's going to check up on him, and Batman's definitely concerned. And he's disobeying Batman. But can he be this thing that he wants to be? Or will he somehow be at odds when he faces or sees the Justice League again in a few issues? We do know that Mark Shaw's bad times aren't over. His days of being labeled as a villain are not done. Will he be a villain when he returns? And again, just two issues. Number two. The Manhunter cult is founded by androids. The cult is made up of a leadership system that were, well, robots. We know that the Grand Master on Earth was a robot. We know there's more than one Grand Master because the High Master actually, when he communicates, sends out the message to all Grand Masters. So we know the High Master is a robot because why would they let a non-robot be the High Master? And we, I think we can safely assume that the other Grand Masters are also robots. But there's more than just those exiled manhunters within the ranks. There are people like Mark Shaw. And basically everyone who's come after isn't a, an android. So we know here that Shaw's not an android. We know that perhaps that some of the manhunters that Batman fought to save, uh, destroy the illusion, perhaps they're not androids. Um, who knows? I mean, there could be more non-androids than androids within the cult. Also, the mask. The mask gets brought up several times, and we know that in The Manhunter by Ostrander, the mask is important, but maybe not that important as Dumas found out. It is just a mask that you can make more of. But throughout their exile, the Manhunters lost their identity, and apparently a lot of their identity was tied to their face. The fact that their skin faded over time just due to aging, 
is something that they have attempted to overcompensate for by wearing the mask. It's like they're trying to recapture their glory days pre-exile by appearing blue, making it what's on the outside that makes them think that they matter and who they are versus what's on in the inside, which is kind of evilly, to be honest. Finally, some th thoughts on Mark Shaw. Throughout this initial two-story arc, two-issue arc, Mark Shaw at times really does seem like Luke Skywalker being whiny. Um, he's capable but not capable. He's been trained to the height of man-hunter precision, but the Grand Master finds him failing, even though he defeats the Justice League. And they bring in Manhunter Prime, which, are we to assume that this is Paul Kirk? That previous Manhunter version, or is it a different Manhunter that's perhaps even nameless? They don't really say full out who it is. Again, I always just kind of assumed that it was Kirk. Now, when he's got the mask on, he seems to be one thing, undefeatable, unbreakable, willing to and able to defeat the Justice League. But yet at other times, especially when the mask is off, he seems to be the whiny little Mark Shaw. And... It confuses me at times, to be honest. I know that Mark's going to have plenty of issues emotionally and spiritually in the future and in this backstory, but he just doesn't seem to be a Batman. Well, maybe he is. Maybe he's an emotionally scarred Batman in a different way, where instead of being made rigid and tough by his experiences, perhaps the experiences that Mark Shaw has faced has made him a little... Well, like the Manhunters themselves, brittle. And that's something I think we could think about for a while. And maybe that's what makes him more human, even than Batman. The fact that he emotionally and physically is brittle. He is breakable. Well, there we go. Justice League of America, issue 141. That would be Mark Shaw's third appearance as Manhunter. Next time, we're not going to go to his next Justice League of Appearance, but we're going to bounce all over the place. I'm feeling a hankering for some John Ostrander. So next time we meet, it will be for Manhunter number five. Thank you all. Hey, if you enjoy what we do here with Comic Book Time Machine, do feel free to visit us on Facebook and at comicbooktimemachine.com. Also, if you... Uh, at all, even consider some of the comic book or superhero fun I'm having, you can check out welcome to level 7com with the 7 spelled out, where Ben and I talk about the Marvel Cinematic Universe, including Daredevil, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and all those Avengers movies. I think Civil War is going to be about Avengers 4. I know it says Captain America in it, but it really feels like Avengers 4. And finally, I do write about Disney stuff over at BetweenDisney.com. So thank you for your time, tra time travelers. Next time we talk about Manhunter, remember Manhunter number five by Ostrander and Yale. Until then, be safe, kids. Make good choices.